Hi, welcome to Cinema Scene on Gardner-Webb University Radio, WGWG.org. Noel T. Manning II here. I've got a special guest from Creative Loafing Magazine, uh, Matt Brunson, film critic for uh, about a bazillion years over there with Creative Loafing. And also you uh, you do a weekly uh, for Savannah. What's the name of that Savannah um, paper that people can find you? Uh, it's uh, called Connect Savannah. Connect Savannah. Uh, Matt's been uh, reviewing films for a number of years. I thought it'd be a great, uh, great chance to bring him on. We've been trying to get him on the show for a little while now, but uh, I, I was I was an idiot thinking I could get him on during award season back in like November, December. That just wasn't going to happen. So uh, the the next best uh, best time to get him on was hey, let's get him before uh, summer kicks in, before the <laughs> uh, the chaos and mayhem. Uh, of all the explosions and car chases and deaths uh, happen on on the screen. And, and I'm glad that we could work this out. So, Matt, thanks for being here, man. Sure thing. Well, uh, well let's talk about, about your love of film and, uh, and how that happened. Uh, I've, I've known you for a few years, and it seems like you, you've always kind of had this love for, for movies. When, when do you remember that it first really started cultivating? Oh, um, pretty much in the crib, my parents handed me a couple of movie tickets and I was <laughs> yeah. like hobbling over to the theater. Uh, but no, it started really young. I mean, as a kid, I, I actually grew up um, overseas um, in uh, Argentina, Portugal, and Kenya. And uh, the American movies, you know, they weren't as like, here, you just turn on the TV and they're on all the time. There was like, you know, you'd get one every every day or so. Uh, so, you know, I just watched when I any time in a movie came on TV, I watched it. And I lived in the suburbs where it was really neat, the movie theaters. It wasn't like the downtown ones where they get the new movies. It was ones where they'd show, like, older movies, like a different one every day. So, like, all these movies that had been out for, you know, a decade or two, I was able to catch on the big screen movies yeah. like The Great Escape or The Guns of Navarone, uh, Sound of Music. So yeah. that was that was really cool. Yeah, and um, so... What were you? What was it about movies that you were drawn to? I mean, what was it? Was it just the experience? Was it the uh, the spectacle of it? Um, a type of film? What what drew you to it? Uh, uh, I think it was just just seeing all these different people playing different characters and coming up with these like great adventures, yeah. these interesting stories. It was just it was just so neat. This medium that like could visually tell all these stories that otherwise, you know, you could find in a book and obviously books are great and I love books uh, but just to see it living out there in front of your eyes was just something that attracted me really early and as a kid well even now I guess my favorite genre was horror and I don't mean modern day horror, slasher and all that I meant uh, like classic horror like The Wolfman and Bride of Frankenstein Okay, uh, I really love that stuff because that to me showed like real imagination uh, that and film noir were the two that uh, I especially enjoyed watching. So, so those uh, kind of universal horror films uh, really drew you in. Yeah, I would say that was a big starting point. And then uh, movie stars, you know, they really fascinated fascinated me. The you know old school ones. I mean, since I was real little, my favorite actor was Gregory Peck. Um, yeah. Still is. Yeah. I just you know yeah. there's so many of his movies on TV, and I was like, he was great. And then Bogart and Cagney. Uh, so I grew up with all the uh, <laughs> all the legends. Yeah, do do you feel like we've got any of those legends living now that you know, ten, fifteen, twenty years down the road, we're going to look back and say, yeah, yeah, those guys can kind of stand up against uh, the the Pecks or the Cagneys. Well, there's certainly a lot of great actors. Um, 
And yeah, there'll always be people that, for one reason or another, you know, just whether they're big uh, marquee star or like Harrison Ford or you know, multi Oscar winner like Daniel Day Lewis. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I guess I'm just more nostalgic with my movies, and yeah. that's, the old timers will never be replaced yeah. in my memory. Well, well, how does that um, influence the way that you review films now? Um, having that that baggage of well, it's a good it's good baggage to have, but having that baggage of of, of these classics that you're kind of comparing things to, how do you separate that as a, as a film critic? Well, I think it, it's all fluid because uh, film history, like any history, is always you know ever changing, ever expanding, going forward, sometimes going backwards. Um, I I've always maintained that it's just real important for a film critic to have a good grasp of film history. Uh, I admittedly, one of my pet peeves, and anybody knows me will tell you, I get on soapboxes for this, like physically, is uh, I just, I, I really don't like it when younger critics, and I'm not like I'm 80 or anything, but I'm just <laughs> saying like really young, um, they think that movie, that cinema basically began with like Pulp Fiction or something. Right, they they right. have no interest in checking out old movies, they have no interest in black and white. And to me, that's very limiting. It's kind of like you're looking at movies in a vacuum. Yeah. I think it's very important to know about cinema all the way back through the silent era. And then I think when you write your reviews, I think that helps inform it. Uh, it kind of like makes you make connections to the past and makes the reviews, I think, more entertaining. Well, when did you first uh, decide that you kind of had this gift for being able to, uh, to analyze and critique films? At what point was that in your life? Other than just, hey, I'm just loving this, but now I can I can get into it at a deeper level. Uh, well, actually, I would say as far back as high school, okay. I always planned to be an actor. I mean, I love doing school plays and all, but on the side, I would write to the school newspaper and started doing reviews there. And then when I went to college uh, here in Charlotte, UNCC, I was still a theater major. I still thought I'd be an actor, but uh, again, I was working on the school paper. And I realized I was spending more time on the paper writing reviews and being an entertainment editor than I was actually spending in the theater. So that was a hard choice to make because I loved acting, but I went ahead and switched my major to English since there wasn't a journalism uh, major at the time. And then from there, I just basically set my sights on pursuing that. And, and uh, I got really lucky because like, right before I was about to graduate, I wrote... Um, John Grimm's his editor, Creative Loafing, and just said, you know, hey, could you guys use a film critic? And he said, well, we're using the one from the Atlanta paper, but I can let you write video reviews. And then from there, over time, I became the freelance film critic and then eventually full-time staffer and entertainment editor and film editor. And, uh, and, and that's something you actually still do today. You write, uh, you write video reviews and you also write uh, reviews for uh, recent films as well. Yeah, um, I actually, I mean, I've been at Creative Loving forever full-time. Uh, just the company had gotten bought out, and uh, they were going to have me, like, write one review a month <laughs> and have me do other stuff. So I was like, 12 movie reviews a year doesn't sound kind of like what I signed up for. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually uh, resigned at that point, and I still write for them. I'm now their freelance. I'm still their film critic. I just do it on a freelance basis. Um, so, yeah, to me, being being film critic was more important than anything. There were a couple times I've been interim editor-in-chief and I was offered the job, but I just, you know, my love is film. And that's what I want to do more than anything. And if you're just joining us, we are on the phone with uh, Matt Brunson from Creative Loafing and also Connect Savannah, a film critic who has a deep love for Gregory Peck, old films and new films as well. <laughs> uh, talking movies right here on WGWG.org and Cinema Scene. You know, Matt... Um, 
you talk about the film history aspect of why it's important for film critics to know film history. Um, mm-hmm. I, and, and the film history also goes back not just what's on screen, but also viewing options. And, you know, you think about how many changes we've seen in the past decade on how we can view product uh, and how technology has changed. But yet you've got some that decide to go back to old school. You know, there's a, um, a, a theater, a drive-in theater that's just recently opened in Kings Mountain and one of the biggest in the country. It's like, wow, you know, you're going back really old school and having a full-blown restaurant there as well. You know, I guess they could throw, throw in a, a putt-putt golf course and maybe a you know, bowling alley, and then you've got it all taken care of. But uh, let's talk a little bit about, about technology and what your thoughts are on how technology has continued to influence how we uh, as critics view films, but also as audiences view films. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that about the theater because I, I just got a press release uh, talking about you know uh, Shout Factory, their on their I'm sorry their streaming channel. How they they lately they've been showing movies in VHS format. So wow. for those who miss VHS, they're actually showing <laughs> like movies like they're going to be showing Kentucky Fried movie. It's going to be pan and scan. It's going to be grainy and all that. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. So wow. If you miss that, it's there for you. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, it's really fascinating. I guess it's the same thing with uh, album vinyl yeah. coming back. I guess VHS kind of is, too. Yeah. But, okay. uh, yeah, there's definitely been changes. Um, I think, obviously, VHS was the real big turning point. Um, it's really interesting. If you look back at all the past years before that explosion, you're always seeing, like, among the top 20 movies of the year, it'll be like, you know, the Sound of Music reissue, you know, or the Jaws re-release, you know, because that's how the only way people really could see these really big movies, if they wanted to catch them, um, you know, free of commercial interruption on TV. Uh, But now with, you know, DVD and Blu-ray and all that, there's no need anymore for that, uh, which is sad. It's nice to see these big old, old movies in the theaters. Uh, but now it has to be a you know special edition like the Star Wars movies or the Titanic in 3D uh, to warrant that on the big screen. Yeah, it's uh, you know, and I, I think back to when I was a kid, and I remember uh, you know when HBO and, and uh, the Movie Channel and, and Showtime that was uh, that was a very interesting turning point. And then you're right, when VHS came, it it, it did it became a game changer. And uh, you know, before that, really, the only time you could see these these films was in a revival screening. Where they would come mm-hmm. back for for a limited limited time to watch them in, in the you know, big theaters again. I remember as a, a young kid watching, you know, Ben Hur and uh, you know, in the Ten Commandments, and that was well, you know, th- those movies were done well before I was born. But I remember mm-hmm. seeing them in the theater first. It was at these these old movie houses that would have these revival screenings, and um, you know, now yeah. you you do have some movie theaters have those retro screenings where they'll do some of these old movies, which I love when you can go back and do that. I mean, I'd love to be hanging out in California at uh, Quentin Tarantino's theater every, every weekend to see some of those. Um, but it's just, you know, we don't get a, I think today uh, we're just so bombarded with so many different options. Um, it, it's hard to, to, you know, kind of single out some of those choices like we used to have so many years ago. But I, I, I like the fact that we do have choices. I mean, I can, any movie I want to see now from years ago, I can find some way, somehow. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, even if it's um, illegally online. <laughs> yeah. Or even if it's a bad VHS copy. We can find it some way, somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, now, of course, paying for it's a different matter. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. There, there's yeah. some movies that aren't on DVD or Blu-ray, and it's like, well, do I really want to see it at the cost of $80? Right. Just that 
but uh, but yeah, for the most part, everything is available and the different options of viewing it. I mean, I, I personally don't do it, but it's fascinating that people, if they want to watch a movie on their dinky little iPhone, they right. can. Yeah, you know, exactly. Call it right up. Yeah. I remember several years ago at the Oscars, uh, one of the hosts, and I don't remember which one it was, was was actually you know making fun, going, hey, the best way to watch movies right here and showing the iPhone. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and that's kind of what it's come to. I mean, I think about uh, the generation of college students now and high school students, and they're perfectly fine walking around with headphones plugged into their iPhone and, and watching watching a movie right there. Uh, mm-hmm. now I will I will admit I do binge watch TV shows on my Kindle Fire. I do that, um, but I don't <laughs> feel like I have to watch that, uh, you know, in another way. But uh, yeah, for me, the preference is theater. Uh, you know, that's what, what movies were originally designed for was for that experience. Um, yeah. You know, and you, people, oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, people are always saying, you know, like, um, I mean, I get asked a lot on shows, you know, well, with all this new technology, is that the end of, you know, movie theaters? But I don't think that's ever going to go away. I mean, they thought the same thing when TV came around that it was going to end movies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just look at this weekend. It's like everybody's excited to go see, you know, um, uh, the latest block, summer blockbuster right. coming up. So right, right. It, that's not going to you know, change. Yeah. It, it's, uh, um, it's, it's still that experience. It's still being there with an audience. Um, you know, you and I both get a chance to go to advanced screenings and there are times that they will set up advanced screenings for just the, just the critics. And, mm-hmm. um, do you have a preference how you'd prefer to watch those screenings? Would you rather watch it with a, with a larger audience or with, with just the critics or does it depend on the film? A lot of time it depends on the film. Okay. Um, I know this is going to make me sound like, you know, Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino, but like <laughs> if I'm if I'm seeing a kids film and, you know, there're five shrieking kids behind me, you know, in the yeah. theater, yeah. then sure, I'd rather be alone in a critic screening. <laughs> I got but, you. But uh it really doesn't matter to me. I mean, it's just if the movie's going to be good, it's going to be good right. and um, you know, the less distractions obviously, if it's right. a well-behaved crowd or one that, you know, just laughs and claps fine, but if it's, you know, the usual people talking on their phones or right. kids running up and down the aisle, then sure, that's very disruptive. Yeah, you know, it, it, just a, a month or so ago, um, you know, one of the, I'm not going to name the chain, but one of the chains was uh, thinking about, hey, we'll just allow uh, cell phones. If you want to use your cell phones, that's fine. You know, we can't expect, we can't expect this generation not to go without a cell phone for, for two <laughs> hours. I'm like, really? Really? Yeah. You can't expect that for two hours? Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, they changed that directive yeah. real quick. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't take long once the uh, once the word got out and, and they started seeing the uh, the audience reaction to that. Uh, I mean, yeah. you know, I, I remember talking to somebody about. It. I said, you know, if they put everybody in one theater that wants to use their mobile devices and just secure it as that, hey, you know what? I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> but but yeah. I'm like you. I don't want the distractions. And mm-hmm. you know, I, there are so many different distractions from people talking. Uh, to people using mobile devices, and I'll say it's definitely gotten better uh, with the whole mo- with the whole mobile device aspect because because uh, people call you on it now. You know, used to people would just say, "Well, I, you know, it's not my place to tell them to put their phone away." People don't care now; they're going to tell you to put your phone away if you got it out. <laughs> they're going to tell you now. Uh, when you were earlier, you were talking about um, you know writing when you first started writing your reviews, you were writing them um, from like. Uh, from your couch and you're still doing that you're still doing home home releases how mm-hmm. do you write those reviews differently than you do uh when you're writing one that's uh this fresh in theaters because typically you've already seen it so h- how do you approach that that way of writing it differently 
the main thing is um, for the older movies, yeah, it is different just in the sense that actually at this point I'm actually enjoying writing the video reviews more because, like I said, again, being big in the history, um, it allows me stuff that I don't remember. I'll look up and then I'll start reading about okay. it and be like, oh, yeah, this was an interesting facet of, you know, whatever like Clark Gable was doing when he was making this particular movie. And then I try to work that kind of stuff into the the home video reviews. The theatrical ones sometimes lend themselves to that, but, you know, that's more like, you know, what's on the screen, you know. Um, but with the older movies, yeah, there's so much history there that it's just interesting to talk about what was going on. Uh, like I just had a review of City Heat, the Clint Eastwood, Burt Reynolds movie, so that was fun talking about how, you know, they were the two biggest stars in the world in the late 70s, early 80s. And, yeah. You know, on paper, this movie looked like it should have made a billion, but, you know, it came out, and Burt's star had already started to fade, so, you know, the, the interest just wasn't there. And that's the sort of thing, you know, you can't really write about a new movie in theaters. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. It gives you a chance to kind of revisit it and, and look at the aspect of, uh, you know, even what mm-hmm. it did what it did at the box office and what it did post-box office as well. So Yeah, you know. exactly, exactly. And also, sometimes, it's very rare, I'm pretty with my ratings like I don't waver much but the older movies you know sometimes I'll be I'll watch it again a movie I haven't seen in a while and it'll be like you know oh it's you know it's a new new fresh viewing in a way it can either be better or it can be worse you know usually if I liked it then I'll like it now but especially movies I saw you know like as a teen obviously yeah. that's going to change I always joke about how when I was a kid I saw um Clint Eastwood's Every Which Way But Loose so many times <laughs> that when he won his Oscar, I was like, well, he didn't thank me for contributing to his bank account. <laughs> uh, but then when I saw it as an adult, I was, you know, <laughs> slightly yeah. embarrassed. I was right. like, wow, this is the movie I saw <laughs> so yeah. many times. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's all about perspective. And uh, when, when you get on the other side of adulthood, sometimes the perspective of how you were viewing it doesn't quite hold up to what you remember. I'm I'm right there with you, man. I've I've seen uh, a lot of movies that I've I've gone back to that I just loved back when I was a, you know, young teenager and even older teenager and I'm like, "Man, this movie was really bad." <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. what, what did I what did I love about it? And and I yeah. you know, sometimes it's sometimes it's environmental. Um and you know, at that point I wasn't trying to look at things with a critical eye. Um mm-hmm. I was looking at it for pure enjoyment factor and I enjoyed myself. Uh, I, I share this with uh, with some of my um, like film film students when I'm teaching film criticism. You know, sometimes it is about the experience, and uh, you know you can enjoy it. You, it still may not be a good film, but you can still enjoy your time. I, I remember back in college, I went to see uh, Turner and Hooch by myself with Tom. Talking about Tom <laughs> Hanks, yeah. and I remember going, "Wow, I'm just just not you know this is just not a fun movie to me." And like the next week, a group of friends said, "Hey, we're going to go see Turner and Hooch. You want to go?" I'm like, "No." I've already seen it. They said, they said, come on, come on, you know, what else are you going to do tonight? I'm like, well, okay, I'm not going to study. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go watch a movie with you. Um, but the second time around, I really found myself loving the movie. It wasn't hmm. that it was a better movie, but it was a better experience because I was with a group of friends. They were all laughing. You know, we were having a good time. And, and sometimes it really is that experience that can take it from being a horrible movie to eh, an okay movie. Um, and I think that's sometimes, you know, when, when we look, we as critics, we look at films, you know, we try to look at both sides. I think there is a, um, you do look at the enjoyment factor. You look at, okay, how is this, what's the director's intent? How's the director trying to, uh, reach his audience? Does he do that? So you can answer that question, but mm-hmm. does he do it well enough to, to, to warrant me giving it a grade above a C? 
and, uh, and yeah. that's that's it's an interesting way of looking at it when you're able to kind of balance it in. And I, you know, we all have baggage, and you and I've talked a little bit about baggage when you go into films. Sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing, but there are always things we take in. I mean, you're a huge fan of of classic horror films going back to the Universal days. And mm-hmm. when, when you see uh, filmmakers trying to recreate that, you know, you've got that baggage, but with that baggage comes expectation. And so how do you, you know, how do you manage that expectation for films? How do you manage that? And that, that's, that's a question for you. How do you manage the expectation, whether it's good or bad? Well, um, I guess for me, when I go see a movie, the two main things I look for are the two E's. I look to be entertained and educated. Okay. okay. And, um, so the entertainment's obviously, you know, if I'm having a good time, then, you know, that, that's good. I like that. Uh, and by educate, I don't necessarily mean something factual, but just, you know, educate in terms of, you know, maybe there's something in the movie I haven't seen before, you know, like uh, a movie like Inception or something. It's like, wow, you know, I've never seen these type of graphics before. This is really cool. Um, I'm, you know, feel like I'm learning something new about how you can put together a scene. Um, but yeah, the overall main thing, of course, is to be entertained. I mean, you could have a movie with the me- the meaning of life buried in there, and if you're asleep by that yeah. midway through, then yeah. it's not going to be, you know, worth a darn. So, um, uh, but yeah, as far as expectations, uh, and that's always funny because if there's a movie that you know you think you're going to like and you do, then people are like, well, you you knew you were going to like it. And then if you don't like it, well, your expectations were too high. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a, a, a no win. But um, yeah, it's it's a uh, yeah. It, it's just yeah. It's basically what's on the screen, and I think it, you have expectations, but they're kind of washed away by the experience. Yeah, it, it's a it's an interesting balancing act that that we have to take in there. I I always try to go in with very average expectations, going okay. I, I'm a, I'm expecting this to be an average film. And if it's, you know, worse than that, then, hey, I'm going to drop it below that level. If it exceeds my average expectations, then, hey, um, good, you're going to get a higher grade. That's not always um, easy to do. Um, you know, there, there are certain films that I have, too, that I really look forward to. And because of that, I do have certain, certain expectations. Sometimes it's the director. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, you know, actor or actress in it. Or sometimes it's, it's a type of film that I might be drawn to. But, uh, but yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting thing of trying to, to teach students to look at things uh, critically, but also to look at things, you know, with that, uh, with that mode of, hey, you want to enjoy yourself. That's the, the reason you're going for, for whatever uh, type of film that is. You want to enjoy your experience here. If you're going to give up an hour and a half or two hours or two and a half hours <laughs> or more, yeah. you know, you, want to, <laughs> you don't want to feel like you've wasted your time. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the main thing, and that's what I think reviews are for. People are always like, well, a review, you know, you're trying to tell me what to think, and it's like, it's not that at all. It's um, uh, a critic is giving guidance, and the more familiar you are with that person's voice, you'll be able to know, well, I always disagree with him or her, so I'm going to go see it, or, you know, yeah, I usually like what he says. So it's more just enough information, obviously try not to do any spoilers, but just enough to know if that's a movie, you know, you'll be like, hey, that's a movie I think I'd like to see. Now, what are what are some critics that you, uh, you're talking about people kind of following a critic and finding a critic that kind of shares mm-hmm. their voice or their ideas or their thoughts. What are some critics that you um, were drawn to when you first got into this uh, business? Um, I always liked Andrew Saris. 
Um, he was one of the big ones way back when, along with Pauline Kale. Yeah, uh, yeah. And she's, you know, she's considered the legendary one. I liked her okay. I mean, I like that she liked the Brian De Palma a lot back in his day. Um, uh, who else? Roger Ebert, of course. And um, one person I always liked, I know we talked about, because he wrote for, you know, USA Today, and people think, oh, USA Today. But they had a critic back then called Mike Clark, and he was he was well-known for, like, at the age of 12. He went yeah. on, um, like, the $50,000 quiz show and you know and all this movie yeah uh, i like i like his reviews because you know for usa today you have to write short right and right. he would write short but he'd pack so much information and that kind of guided what what i try to do like when i have no no space to work with it's like okay you gotta like not waste words you gotta put in as much valuable information as you can so um that was an influence in learning how to write very succinctly yeah, he was he was uh, he was Twitter before Twitter existed. I mean, he had that that concept and that style down of, of really getting the nuggets of of, mm-hmm. of what the film was about, why it worked and why it didn't work, and his opinion. He was able to cram all those things into into a very short space, and that's hard. You know, it's it's easier for you and you and I to do because we've we've been able to to do this for for a number of years. But for a lot of people, that's the the most difficult thing is getting them to scale things down. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and we're given the space. I'm still absurdly wordy, but yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah long form is always better if you've got the opportunity to do that. Uh, you uh-huh. know, you mentioned uh, the two E's. You know, being entertained and being educated, and you talked about about Inception and um, and kind of how that is it was something different. Um, you know, you and when we've seen so many films over the years, so many of them do have formula. So, mm-hmm. so. When you've seen so many films with that formula, what is it that you look for? Uh, it still may be a good film. It still may be a great film, but how do you how do you review something that you feel like you've seen before um, with just different names in different places and different locations and maybe a different director? Um, admittedly, that sometimes that's hard. Um, when you have like a remake of a movie, right. you know, people are always saying you can't compare a movie to a book, and I agree with that. I think it's a ridiculous comparison right. to make. Right. But comparing a movie to another movie, I think, is fair game. So if there's like a remake that's just not very good, I, I am going to spend part of the review saying, you know, look, there's Netflix, there, you know, video stores. Well, not anymore, but <laughs> this is Netflix. <laughs> um, you know, you can you can find the original and watch that, and I promise you it'll be a, a better viewing experience. Gotcha. Well, uh, we've got so, just a um, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, it's fine. Go ahead. I would say we've got a, we've got a few more minutes uh, before we need to wrap this up, but um, uh-huh. a couple more questions I want to throw out your way while we while we got time. Uh, we are talking to uh, Matt Brunson from Connect Savannah and Creative Loafing uh, out of Charlotte, uh, longtime film critic. Um, and uh, spending some time talking movies right here on Cinema Scene. Are there any uh, pet peeves that you have? And st- except for you know, the, you talked about the phones, you talked about the kids running up and down down the aisles. Other pet peeves you have about uh, either films that are created or the film going experience? Um, I don't know that I have other than, than the ones I mentioned. I right, got gotcha. you. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll move on from that then. Um, any other final thoughts or final uh, things you want to make sure you share about uh, about your love of films or, or maybe some that you would want to recommend that everybody should see before they die? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely some. Uh, my favorite film, actually, is um, uh, All About Eve from 1950 with Betty Davis. Yeah. 
recommend everybody see that one. I mean, I know it's old black and white and all that. Uh, it was before even my time. Uh, but yeah, I just love that movie because it has like the best screenplay I've, I've ever, you know, had the pleasure to, to listen to spoken by great actors like Betty Davis and George Sanders. Um, so that's definitely at the top. And then, uh, there's so many movies, uh, like the Maltese Falcon, um, more recent stuff, I guess, would be something like The Wrestler. I thought it was really fascinating. Yeah. Um, L.A. Confidential. Uh, there's just so much, and um, I just I just always would like people to encourage them to go out and find out other movies than just what's playing at the local uh, multiplex. Well, Matt, uh, what's the best way people can look at your reviews and, and follow uh, what you're doing? What's uh, What do you suggest? Oh, well, the, the, cre- the website for Creative Loafing is www.clclt.com and then if you follow that with a slash film it'll take you right to the film page otherwise on the home page there's a film tab all right man uh, we really appreciate you uh, spending time uh, hanging out with us talking movies uh, matt brunson from creative loafing and connect savannah talking about all sorts of movies i, I want to call you on something man you know early on in the show you talked about gregory peck being like your all-time favorite but you didn't even mention a gregory peck movie that people need to see so I'm going to call you on that one, man. <laughs> well, I didn't think you'd want a thousand titles, but yeah, if you haven't seen to Kill a Mockingbird or The Guns of Navarone or Spellbound, go check them out. There you go. Well, thanks uh, thanks to all those who have listened and spent time with us today, uh, listening to us talk about movies right here on Cinema Scene on WGWG.org. Till next time, I'm Noel Manning, and that is a wrap. <laughs>